science itself and the practice of doing science looks to me like poetic work and like beautiful work. And where there's beauty, there's art. We call us in-betweeners. That's so much more interesting, you know, it's like, yeah, wow. Welcome to the Art Meets podcast series brought to you by the Swiss Arts Council Poevizia within the frame of its focus on art, science and technology. Listen to conversations with collaborators from different fields and explore how they inspire each other in research and artistic practice. This is Art Meets Smell Research. My name is Jennifer Kakshuri. I'm your host. My feeling when I was only operating inside the field of dance was that it was too hermetic for me. And that kind of led me to the contemporary art world. And now that I'm more involved in the contemporary art world, I see also how closed and hermetic it can be. Maybe a scientist from the world of science would maybe say something similar about their own field. But the way that I feel is that there's a lot to gain inside of opening up to larger cultural, uh, biosocial discourses. What is so amazing with smell is, you know, you can have the hardcore science part, like in my case, chemistry. But then on the other side, smell is a very individual thing. Placing a smell in a space, you cannot predict in advance how many other molecules are there in the space. There are thousands of billions of smell already in the space. So there's always a chemical communication going on in the air and it's interpreted by everyone and everything differently. If it's a plant, if it's an insect, if it's a human being. In this episode of the Poevitia podcast, my guests are choreographer and performer Isabel Lewis and chemist and smell researcher Cecil Tolas. Dance and smell research, two areas, two, in a sense, ephemeral disciplines. Cecil's lab is something like a library of smells with over 7,000 samples. In this episode, you'll experience how my guests find words for the invisible. And you'll also explore Isabel and Cecil talking about creating so-called occasions, performances which integrate all the senses, including smells. Isabel and Cecil have known each other for a while, and they'll introduce one another. Isabel Lewis, a passionate human being, full of curiosity and creativity, a brilliant mind and thinker, and an excellent performer, dancer, artist, philosopher, and many, many more skills in this unique body called Isabel. Cecil Tolas is a smell researcher from Norway who's been based in Berlin forever. And for me, Cecil is a gateway to totally radically new understandings of how we navigate the world. Collaboration is one of her core skills and Isabel Lewis has become one of my most important collaborators in this world. Some of my thinking is a result of the conversation we have had together over the years. A journey that started once upon a time and will never end. Cecil is a blast. She's funny and she's so quick-witted uh, and she has a mischievous sense of humor um, so it's always a laugh uh, it's oh you've always got to be on your toes because she 
takes no bullshit if I'm if I can say so. The thoughts have to be clear and sharp, and she's going to follow it up. She's very tall, very elegant, um, has this kind of wild blonde hair that seems to always be in movement. Like Sissel is a movement more than a static figure. I'm very happy to introduce you to this one and only Isabel Lewis, the wonderful mind, the wonderful soul, the wonderful thinker, and the wonderful friend and collaborator. Isabel is moved by Cecil's words when she hears her introduction. Oh, wow. It, I'm, it makes me absolutely emotional. <laughs> I'm actually on the verge of tears, um, literally, because uh, it's it's so special and important to me as well, this uh, collaboration that I have uh, with Cecil since so many years and the beautiful way it's become such a deep friendship. And um, to know that, Cecil, your thinking is as um, transformed as mine has been by you um, is, is deeply touching. Isabel Lewis and Cecil Tolas both live in Germany. I am in Berlin, currently in vetting um, at the site of my studio in Cali's Berlin. I just returned from amazing uh, Norway where I was for fieldwork and I feel like I'm in kind of a transition here. I'm on the move a little bit again, yes. Currently I'm in my studio. Both of my guests have lived in many places before settling in Berlin. Sissel was born in Norway and lived in Poland, England, Russia and the US. Isabel was born in the Dominican Republic, grew up in the US and worked in New York as a dancer and choreographer before moving to Germany. When talking to Cecil about what she does, she stresses the terms scent, fragrance, aroma, perfume and flavor are not accurate. I'm very, very precise here. I never use any other term than smell on what I do. I try to approach the topic from a neutral perspective and any other term come across as wanting some kind of division and some kind of hierarchy. It's all about smell, smells and smelling. It started literally when I was born, you know. I was interested in the air I was breathing, the air that surrounded me in the northern hemisphere where I was growing up. And it always disturbed me in a healthy way. So very early on, I started to ask questions about what is the ear? Why am I breathing? What is this abstract nothingness that surrounds me all the time? So, you know, long story short, this is my beginning and this is still the case. I'm still having that curiosity in my system and I wake up every morning with the same questions. Obviously, Sissel's curiosity stuck to her. In a way, Sissel sees the world with her nose. She sniffs and smells street corners and captures smells such as the one of the Buckingham Palace or the Berghain nightclub in Berlin. How did Isabel get interested in the invisible matter called smell? I think for me, it came out of working for many years in the theater. So coming out of a tradition of classical ballet and starting to make then choreographies of my own for the theater, I was always wanting to kind of dissolve that fourth wall, the classical division between the public and the performers. And I remember making a work at what used to be called Dance Theater Workshop in New York that had this fantasy of a smell like rolling off the stage into the audience as the opening scene. And as I actually couldn't achieve it at that time, I spoke about it. So the first scene of that particular dance piece was a darkened stage, uh, the curtain rising and me speaking about 
the imagining the smell rolling out into the space um, and meeting the public. Uh, from there, I think I was obsessed with this idea of trying to enter, literally enter the public's body rather than uh, only addressing them visually as dance tended to do in um, the theatre space. Isabel knew about Sissel's work and saw a presentation a few years ago at the Serpentine Gallery in London. And it was electrifying. The entire tent was just full of smell. People were so engaged. People were so excited. I was thrilled and had my mind blown. And when Cecil and I happened to discover each other on the airplane back from London to Berlin, this was sort of the beginning of the journey. I said, Cecil, I'm fascinated. I need to know more. May I please come visit you in your lab? And Cecil was very welcoming and welcomed me to just visit her once per week, just learning about what this thing means to smell and what is smell. In their working partnership and friendship, Isabel and Cecil have created projects together. But for them, collaboration doesn't end in a joint project only. Exchanging ideas and having a conversation is also part of the collaboration. It's not just doing things together. Learning about this other methodology was as important. Learning about the other thinking and approach was as important as the fact that we actually also did some work together in physical kind of work. Where smell was embedded in multiple ways. But I think there is a continuous conversation. And then on and off, we said, okay, let's, let's do this and this and this and this. And then we do it. And we are on the same wavelength in terms of tolerance and thinking of the diversity, inclusiveness and generosity towards collaboration, sharing knowledge for the purpose of benefit of not only the two of us, but for the world, you know. And I think this mindset is so essential for the success story of what we are doing and are planning to do together. The generosity, commitment and passion we both have for what we do and for each other. Isabel's way of working shifted through Cecil. They created smells for so-called occasions. Isabel hosts such occasions, events in exhibition venues and museums, focusing on all the senses. She includes the visual, hearing and obviously also smelling. It was this encounter of two minds and souls meeting that we really took our time to get to know each other before I proposed our first collaboration. So what I now call the classic occasion, the first work that Cicely and I created together. And one very distinct and clear and fascinating learning moment for me was Cicely really saying, you know, smell is not an atmosphere. It's not a background. It's, it's a protagonist. It is uh, such a primary way that we navigate understand our world. And this was a fantastic thing to then work with and compose with. So if you enter the occasion, you arrive into a space where the smell hits you immediately, just the way that the driving bass, like huge bass cabins that have a beat that's ongoing and continuous, like a human heartbeat. And these things hit you at once at the same time that maybe a visual impression of a dancing body in the distance and perhaps a plant life or an installation. So all of the, let's say, elements of composition that are addressing all of the senses really meet you each one on their own level and each one, rather than competing with one another, kind of integrating with one another. And the smell is absolutely primary to that experience. Isabel has hosted occasions in museums such as the Palais du Tokyo in Paris or the Schirnkunsthalle in Frankfurt. For the Salon Suisse at the Biennale di Venezia 2019, 
Proelvetia invited Isabel to a short performance called Urban Flourishing, of course using smells as well as performing as a dancer and DJ. How do you create such an event, an occasion? How do you work with each other? In the beginning, we literally together approach a topic and then the journey from the very beginning become a journey together. For example, now I'm doing a solo show in Oslo and I want Isabel to come, let's say, in the middle of the show. We are literally ready to do whatever the other desire to, to have one involved in. And I think that is wonderful. Sometimes there are budgets, sometimes there are not, but that doesn't matter, you know. I think it's so important for the flow of our minds and our thinking that we, we have that ease to it. It's like a movement, you know, it's like it's endless, yeah. Cecil says it's like a movement. Isabel introduced Cecil saying, She is a movement. I now understand what she means. Cecil is hard to grasp. Once you think you can capture something she says, off she goes with a following thought, laugh or memory. At the same time, Cecil is extremely precise when it comes to smells and labeling them. For me, it's hard to find words to describe smells. Well, maybe an anecdote here helps because I think one of the key things that started to happen in these regular visits I was having with Sissel at the lab was that she said, come prepared, come, you know, that you've eaten, you're hydrated, you're kind of alert, you're well rested, your senses have to be awake. And I would arrive and she would have a kind of spread of multiple different smell molecules and different arrangements of smell molecules, different smells to smell, um, maybe eight of them, maybe 10 of them, or more. And uh, one by one, she would ask me to smell and react, respond in whatever way seemed appropriate. And this was something to to jump over your own self-judgment and hesitation about what you think. I mean, there is no right or wrong, right? But that's already something to kind of jump over whatever that moment of judgment is and actually just express. So this I was doing in a form of speaking out loud, mostly, words which came to my mouth. Sometimes they were sounds. Sissel was scribbling notes in her notebook. Sometimes I would feel a smell. I would say, okay, I feel it high up here and I would touch my forehead or I feel it down here and I would like touch below my belly button or somehow I would feel the smell in some place in my body, which I could then move and respond with. And sometimes it just felt high as in high up in the air or low as in down below my feet and everything in between. So all of these kinds of impressions, many of them were beyond language and something that felt more spatial or qualitative. And then I've become much better at actually articulating or trying to articulate these things. And this is also a practice and one that I highly recommend because the more, as I've learned with Sissel, just the more you do this, the more you're in the practice of actually expressing these very difficult to articulate impressions. Actually, it's almost like the scope, the breadth of what you are able to experience suddenly opens up. You're a dancer, choreographer, and many other things too. How do you use what you learned from Sissel regarding smells? How did she change the way you work? Dramatically in the sense that my nose has become so much more aware of my nose, let's say. You know, for me, dance has always been the primary technology with which I understand the world and the way I understand space, architecture, social space, public space. And now with this heightened awareness also for smell, that also becomes a very strong way that I begin to form a relation with a place. So if for me, in, in the case of my work, 
the more attuned you become to that sight through all of your senses. For me, the more responsive you're able to be, the more able you are to actually compose something that really suits that place and that speaks and communicates and resonates within that space. So with all of this knowledge that I've gained with Sissel, this is almost the primary thing I'm paying attention to. Any site visit, any place I go where I'm thinking about beginning to compose, what am I smelling? And that gives me so many impressions already. That gives me so much uh, emotional and intellectual input. Smells are Sissel's tools. Aside from being a scientist, a smell researcher and chemist, She is an artist as well, and she doesn't think in the categories of science and art. It's like breaking down the format, the borders of what we do. And I think that is what Isabella and myself are very good at, you know? It's like, we call it in-betweeners. That's so much more interesting, you know? It's like, yeah, wow. As in-betweeners, what did they gain from collaborating? Both of us have a solid knowledge, and we are sovereign in our fields. And there is so much respect there. And I think that is such a solid starting point. We can only learn from each other. It's like a never-ending story. The playfulness one understand, we understand, by really understanding the senses properly, is so much what this is about. You know, nothing is more fun than smelling the real world. That gets very exciting, as well as where science itself and the practice of doing science looks to me like poetic work and like beautiful work. And where there's beauty, there's art for me. And there's a kind of easy way that these two things can join and be working alongside one another to also push in both art and sciences that creative necessity and that creative spirit and that curiosity. To Isabel Lewis, doing science looks like poetic work, at least when collaborating with Cecil Tolas. Both of them were my guests in this episode of the Art Meets Podcast, a podcast series within the art, science and technology focus of the Swiss Arts Council Poilvetia until 2024. Thanks for joining us. And if you're an artist or a scientist or, as Cecil said, an in-betweener, check the Poilvetia website for more information. In the next episode, Art Meets Polar Science. Colony Fetti is the glacier settled on Monte Rosa at uh, 4,450 meters of altitude, so it's really high. And we could stay overnight in the Cabana Margarita, which is even 100 meters higher. So this was then the, the real test. <laughs> I was not the only one who was suffering. Not only the scientists, but also the mountain guide was suffering. So it's very normal that the body has to adapt. This is a production of the Audiobande, the joint venture for sound adventures. <laughs> <laughs>